Welcome. Hey. How are you? I'm doing great. It feels like I was just here yesterday because I was. <laughs> I was going to say, um, my wife actually said that, Sonny, uh, she couldn't believe it had been a, a week already since our last show. She thought right? it was more days ago. So this week is blown by. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're cold up there. Yeah, there's ice on the ground, actually, so. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I am glad to be in a t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops, 100%. Thank you very much. Well, I'm happy for sweater weather, because then it hides all the fluff and it's mm -hmm. cuddly and it's my favorite type of weather and pumpkin spice and whatnot <laughs> oh you like pumpkin spice oh uh, not really okay i don't like that much sugar so i can't handle that much sugar but anyways right. we should probably go over what we're going to talk about today and uh kick it off with our awesome intro video yeah actually matt wright did that video for us y'all if you didn't know and uh eskimo was on matt wright's Show last night, Muddy Waters Media, Rider's Block, Matt, super, super talented. So tonight we'll discuss missing and murdered indigenous women, public testimonies of mass mandates in Anchorage with Election Day right around the corner. Some breaking news, probably not breaking as much now because it's several hours old. That how it works. But Kelly School is doing their thing. Wow. And then uh, food and supply shortages are definitely barreling, barreling toward us tonight on a great show. On the Cajun Eskimo Show from Bayou's to Igloos. Yes, welcome back to the Cajun and Eskimo Show. I am your host, Cajun, and there is Thomas Daniel Queter's uh, self-engineered in, in, and labeled the chubby cheeks of justice, Eskimo Libertarian. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take you what do. I can get. <laughs> oh, he definitely coined that term. That's all Thomas Queter. Yeah, chubby cheeks of justice. So, My Eskimo cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> on to some more way too many C's segment. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Viable, ethical, effective for all of your CBD, CBG, and hopefully Delta and anything else that you need from the cannabis plant you can find at Cumberland Cannabis Company. Viable, ethical, effective. Cumberland Cannabis Co. As Spike likes to say it. So there's a rumor that you uh, say Cumberland Cannabis Co. multiple times before we start just to get your mouth all warmed up for our segment. And that's why it's one of really? the first sponsors. <laughs> I just made is that, that, is that real? rumor oh. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally believed that. Yeah, I just totally, no, I don't do that. But yeah, I totally believe that. <laughs> that's, that's the first sponsor. And that's why. That's, that's the only reason why. No, it's because it's the first one we thought of when we were writing the notes. No. <laughs> When she was so, writing the notes, clarified. Uh, when she, <laughs> she does all the the uh, producing for the show, like where we put the ads and and where we speak and all that. So, uh, very, very, very incredible. That's a lot of work. Um, yeah, I know. I saw my notes for the first time actually, and he was like, "Wow, whoa!" Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Google Drive. Yep. So. Somebody else who should be in your notes if you're living in the state of Pennsylvania or you want to help out in Pennsylvania. It's Joe Soloski. That is 
way easier to say than Cumberland Cannabis Company. Joe Solosky, <laughs> super easy to say. Say it three times. Remember his name. He's a silver bearded man of liberty. He's running for Pennsylvania governor and he's the key to Pennsylvania's success. Joe Solosky. Joe Solosky. Also, did you say the voice of Muddy Waters? I think she did. Which is uh, no, but yeah, he does the introduction voice yep. thing for some of the productions. So super cool, very eloquent, very dapper gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way I could describe him. Very dapper. That's the first time I remembered to say on air that Joe does the opening statements for Muddy Waters of Freedom on Tuesday night. I always try to remember to say that. I always forget. Yeah. Joe Solosky met him in Pennsylvania. Fantastic human being. Love that guy. Great sense of humor. Um, his, his picture looks so professional, but if you look at the pictures online with his huge smile, you can see it's like super genuine. That guy's just a, he's a jolly fellow. Wholesome. <laughs> wholesome. Wholesome. No question. The content I come for. Wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> a wholesome content lots of comments already what is up y'all we do have at least one anchor call in oh. anchor wheel in call well we have time so if folks want Hopefully. to Put in an anchor call-in moment. They still have time because we usually do that towards the end of the show. And uh, so you have time, folks. Get your anchor call-in moments. And where can they put in their anchor call-in moments, Cajun? Right here. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my screen over here. I'm trying to look at y'all's comments on uh, Restream, but it won't unhide a certain thing and will not let me view y'all. Okay, there you go. Anchor.fm slash... The Cajun Libertarian. There you go. Download the Anchor FM app. You can uh, pretty much get any podcast that you want off of that, including mine, Eskimos, Cajun and Eskimo, Spike, Matt, all of the above, Jason Lyon. If you consider not a real Libertarian podcast network of any value, then there's a chance you might discover them by accident on there as well by accident <laughs> you know you, that's a good segue you know it's not by accident what, what california is, is doing right now which is pretty incredible all california elementary through high school students in public and private schools must eventually get the shots if they want in-person instruction there are some stipulations to this. Sorry, I keep getting this like blur in my eye. Um, there are some stipulations. We'll go over them briefly, but we'll also talk about the writing on the wall with them. So California Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday imposed the nation's first COVID-19 vaccination mandate for school children. But the mandate won't take effect immediately and won't apply to all students. Translation. California imposes COVID-19 vaccinations for school kids, meaning every blue state now will also. New York and California laid the template for every blue state. In purple states sometimes, areas of purple states, be aware of what's going on. The California student COVID-19 vaccine mandate takes effect the summer, or I'm sorry, takes effect the semester after the federal government gives final approval. So they're going to wait on the federal government to say that it's okay for this demographic of people to take the vaccine. Although, I've got something in my eye, I'm sorry. Although, um, it's already approved for emergency use. What does it matter? It does, it makes no difference. It's already, a, they're already, you can get it if you want it. So allowing them to say, okay, now it's more than emergency use makes no difference at all. This is, okay. Could take 
effect as early as January 1, but no later than July 1. The mandate for kindergarten through sixth grade will kick in only after the federal government has given final vaccine approval for students ages 5 to 11. And I am pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all will, I'm wrong often, and you do it, and that's great. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you can get, the, the, the Pfizer has approved 5 to 11 now for at least emergency use. Again, if they can go get it, then <laughs> anyway, here's where we run into some serious issues. Students can seek religious and medical exemptions because the new requirements are being imposed by public health regulations instead of by law. Except for the fact that Governor Hochul in New York is now in court fighting against religious exemption. In medical exemption, they're just going to define as if you're not in a, absolutely going to die if you take this. That's where that will land. Public health regulations instead of by law. Sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, oh, I, no. I thought you meant to say something. I'm sorry. All right. The California Health Department of Public Health will have to approve the regulations, including the scope of the exemptions, after a public comment period. So it may not be law right now. New York's trying to set the precedent, so it could be law. But even if it isn't, the health department has just free reign over what they want to define. It's just incredible. And remember, the, it's not like a shock to think that California is going to do this. But they lead the way. New York and California lead the way for a lot of states and counties in the country. And it's going to set these precedents that could become overwhelming. It's got to be nipped in the bud fast. All right. These five California school districts already have their own vaccine requirements. Culver City Unified, Los Angeles Unified, Oakland Unified, Piedmont Unified, and San Diego Unified. The rules in L.A., the nation's second largest school district, will take effect in January. And Governor Newsom says the state won't stop other districts that want to move more quickly than the state mandate. Apply the same thing to the other choice. It's easy. Apply the same principle to if they don't want to do it, then we shouldn't stand in their way even for a second. If that's not where you land, then there's significant issues. Anyway, like I said, that's not really breaking news for a lot of y'all because it's hours old and that's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. So, but hopefully there's a little bit of insight there and bad. By the way, not to mention the fact that kids aren't susceptible to COVID-19. They're not. We've done the math. We've done the math on my own show. We, we've done it everywhere. Kids under the age of 18 have a higher chance of getting, or the same chance of getting struck by lightning and dying. You got a higher chance of dying in a vehicle crash. By the way, the teachers still aren't mandated to get the vaccines in California, even though they're at much higher risk of transmitting the virus and at great risk of severe adverse reactions to COVID SARS-2. So on to the next segment real quick before we break and then go to Eskimo. Um, I, I, I snatched this some of this from an opinion piece from the guardian and it's on the supply and demand sort of shortages. Uh, I've spoke about it before, but it needs following up on because it's very real and it's very, very bad. So there's quite a, remember when I read this part right here, this first small section, it's an opinion piece from an art, uh, from an editor on the guardian. There's a quiet panic happening in the United States economy. Medical labs are running out of supplies like pipettes and petri dishes. Summer camps and restaurants are having trouble getting food. And automobile, paint, and electronic firms are curtailing production because they can't get semiconductors. 
one man told me that he couldn't get a Whopper meal at a Burger King in Florida as there was a sign saying, sorry, no French fries with any order. We have no potatoes. Now, there's a very valid reason for this. I'm going to steal content from CNN just so you know the source. And they're even admitting it. All right, so carrying on with this opinion piece before we get into the CNN stuff. The inability to fix trucks means that truck drivers can't haul boxes of goods, which might actually contain the parts to needed to fix the trucks and so forth. Yes, that's, that's real. That's real. But some point to government spending and money printing. I'm sorry, let me say that again. But some point to government spending and money printing at the Fed as worsening the problem. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a thing. Inflation is real, and it's having its grips right now. While others suggest it is temporary and will resolve on its own. That's that modern monetary theory. Absolute garbage. We can just keep printing money and spending money, and I mean, it, there's no effect. Like, it'll just resolve itself later because we're the greatest economy the world has ever seen. It's just, that's not how it works. It's, Terrible MMT. Horrible. All right, CNN. The workers who keep global supply chains moving are warning of a system collapse. Very real. I've talked about it before. Last time I talked about it, it was like 65 to 70 ships that were waiting outside in the ocean on both, on both sides, California and New York, east and west. Obviously, a lot more on the California coast. They're backing up even further right now. The cargo ships that are backed up in the Pacific is unreal. Last I heard, it was over 100. The last I reported, it was 73 to 90. And so it's getting worse. Anyway, in an open letter Wednesday to heads of state attending the United Nations General Assembly, the International Chamber of Sip Shipping, ICS, and other industry groups warned of a global transport system collapse. If governments do not restore freedom of movement to transport workers and give them priority to receive vaccines recognized by the WHO. There's a lot of what goes on here where it begins to bleed off into different requirements of vaccination proof and test negative proof for COVID. And it's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. Don't require it. It's intentional. That's for me. That does not reflect the Muddied Waters Media Network. That's from the Cajun Libertarian. That is intentional. And listen to how complicated it gets. All transport sectors are also seeing a shortage of workers and expect more to leave as a result of the poor treatment millions have faced during the pandemic. Wrong. No, what the government has done, not poor treatment of the, uh, of the bosses that they're implying, putting the supply chain under great threat. I platen city, or I'm sorry, sorry, General of the ICS said that worker shortages are likely to worsen towards the end of the year because seafarers may not want to commit to new contracts and risk not making it home for Christmas given port shutdowns and constant changes to travel restrictions. Now, this is very real because later on, and um, I'll probably dig into a little bit more of this, but it, it's, it tells you right out of the gate that they're not letting these ships into port. Governments aren't. And they can't dock and get off. Some of them are spending 18 hours on the ship because they can't get off. Because there's different, there's varying reasons for why they won't accept this vaccine um, passport or that vaccine passport. It's just a giant mix. So what they're calling for is to have a consolidated methodology of being able to track vaccines and or negative PCR tests. Um, there was some other stuff about testing. I didn't read all the way through it. So, but I did read that part anyway. 
they are intentionally making it more difficult for us to pass goods and services amongst each other. And now there's extreme backup of cargo ships in both ports, both seaports. Very real. Um, there have been travel restrictions that have been reimposed because of the Delta variant. And nobody, why? More people have been vaccinated through this than any other time. Do they work? I think they, I'm, being, I'm being told they work. Everybody says they work. So I'm going to believe that they work. So stop ordering all this stuff. A lot of these uh, truckers and, and people that are on these cargo ships are going to quit because they can't even just land the boat in time to have a decent relaxation period. And then they're being sent back home. It's incredible. And that's even if they can get back home. Anyway, um, I said it before on my show, my all of my Dollar Generals here have no medical supplies. All the medical supplies are gone. I mean, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, we have pictures of my Walmart, which I've never been able to walk into in my life in any Walmart, not buy 17 houses worth of groceries, empty aisles. I showed a good picture of it on Monday night, which was only one empty aisle. And that was a good day. This is going to get worse. And what's even more wild is that Kamala Harris even said something about it like a month and a half ago, a month ago or so. She said, buy your Christmas presents now. And everybody's like, well, what are you talking about? So they knew. They knew. And they know. So buy seeds and farming equipment and do that quickly. Makes me really glad that I live up here and have the means to, I don't know, Facts. step away from the supply chain. Yeah, I was actually reading about what you're talking about, and I heard that there's even ships that are going as slow as they can because they know when they get support, they can't even get into the harbor. You know, they're waiting out in the ocean, so they just take their time to get to their destination because they know they're going to be waiting there anyways. Yep. So why hurry up? And yeah, they're crazy. burning. Yep, they're burning a lot of fuel out there, and they want the fuel to be uh, shortened as well. So, how do you do both? You can't do both. You know, you can't do both. It's yeah. So, just something to pay attention to. Well, uh, this is something that's taken uh, a severe priority for me. Because uh, I'm literally looking at it in my grocery stores and I'm like, what the f is going on? And then uh, I find out that there's at that time, there were like 50 ships waiting outside. And that's when I started looking into it. And now last I heard as of this morning, I think um, there were over a hundred. So how much of that produce and stuff is going to go bad before it can even get on shore? This is only going to multiply. That's what that one opinion piece is trying to say is if the trucks that need fixing the parts are on the other trucks, but those trucks can't move the parts, then we have just broken down trucks and no ability to fix them and bring produce. And it, it might look very bad this time next year. I'm not going to say yeah. that. I'm just saying it's possible. I'd even seen um, photos. People go to a grocery store and there'll be, the aisle's empty, but they have like this canvas that goes over top of the shelves, making them look full. So it's like a picture of the shelves being full and it's like generic cans and yep, whatnot. I've it's kind of creepy. It's eerie. Like, oh, like this yep, is what you I, see in North Korea. I have absolutely seen that for sure. And it is very creepy. Jack Casey is also not creepy. He's very beautiful handsome and just an outstanding human being however he is an awful author so do not buy those books the royalgreen.com don't because you might wind up with a signed autograph picture of that right there 
So don't buy that because you might get that from that guy right there. Do none of those things. Eskimo. <laughs> as nice as Jack Casey looks, I don't think he's as dapper as Joe Solosky, but still more dapper than me, I'd say. As I'm sitting here in my hoodie. <laughs> just get that cool oh, thing in the background. oh, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I got it for like a couple bucks on uh, Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, huh, because I sold the flag that was sitting behind me normally. So now I have this thing, which is kind of nice. So. Awesome. <laughs> I need a backdrop. So I know we had mentioned that I was going to be talking about how like Anchorage is going over mask mandates and that's being put on by the council and they're actually having hearings going on and uh, they're having their fourth day of hearings on Monday. They were going to have it on Saturday, but people are saying that they changed it to Monday, possibly because council members think less people will be going to it if it's on a Monday, not during a Saturday where most people aren't working. Um, hmm. These meetings have been packed and crazy stuff going on. People are heated. We've had, you know, residents of Anchorage, including, you know, doctors, medical professionals, and um, concerned parents and business owners. And so just kind of reporting that that is still going on. Um, it's not exactly clear what the outcome will be. Some people are saying that it's a loud minority that are saying that they don't want the mask mandates. But most people are calling BS on that because that's that's what's being reported by the media. But people are like, no, this is a majority of people. Like people are riled up. People are pissed about this. There's a lot of people going to these meetings. A lot of arrests are happening too. And so, um, I don't know, people are heated. And the mayor, wow. so currently we have the mayor, uh, Dave Bronson. Well, we, Anchorage has the mayor, Dave Bronson. He won recently in a special election because Ethan Berkowitz had to step away for a sex scandal. <laughs> How original. <Shocker. laughs> wow. You know, a politician having a sex never... scandal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with a news anchor. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it doesn't get, you know, there's nothing more cliche than that. that... Oh, the memes just write themselves, folks. <laughs> That's right. Yikes. So anyways, that, that's total side note, something that would be giggle worthy. <laughs> so um, Dave Bronson, um, he is uh, a registered Republican, and he is told that he will not allow mask mandates to happen in Anchorage. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up. I, I know that their meeting is in Monday, I think five o'clock. It's at the Lusac Library is where they've been having them. And so uh, hopefully, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's five o'clock Alaska time. So if you're in the area, go check it out. Um, so that was just like a side note I wanted to put out there that they're actually considering nice. that. They're not considering it anywhere else close by in Alaska that I know of. It's just in Anchorage. And Anchorage is our big city. We have over 300,000 people there. And um, it's like over half of our population is in Anchorage. So big city, talking about mask mandates. So wow. also next week in Alaska, we have election day. So we actually have elections uh, in October this year. Uh, at least in the Matsu borough. So we don't have counties, we have boroughs. Kind of like how Louisiana has parishes, not counties. Yep. And I don't know any other states that have a different name for it, but we have boroughs, not Pennsylvania counties. Pennsylvania has boroughs. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know who That's else is in Pennsylvania? <laughs> no, Joe Solosky. Joe Solosky. <laughs> J-O-E. S-O-L-O-S-K-I, Joe Solosky. This episode's one big advertisement for Sol Joe Solosky. Oh, You're getting way, your money's worth. <laughs> right? Big, uh, I'm seeing this right here in the comment section. Breaking news, apparently. Larry Sharp has announced his run for governorship of New York. New York, not Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I'll have to look into that. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, but. Too. Anyways, next week, Tuesday, which is October 5th, election day. So some of the stuff that are on the ballot, I was kind of like looking at it. Uh, Matsu Borough Mayor. 
cool. Um, and then another thing, the Borough Transportation Systems Projects Bonds. My roads. It's on the ballot. <laughs> My roads. So My roads. This will total $61,135,000. Lots of money. Over $61 million in road construction updates. And so I was kind of looking through the bill of materials and like what all is actually going to be improved upon. To put it into perspective, though, our borough is the size of West Virginia. But we don't have that as many people as West Virginia, not nearly as many people, but that's how big our borough is. Um, <laughs> so $61 million, what is it being spent on? A couple of examples. Um, they're inserting a traffic signal at an intersection and it's going to cost $1.5 million. And the intersection isn't that big. Traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have a traffic light. signal. At the intersection, the, it's not a big intersection. It's one point five million dollars, and I'm like, is that normal? No, for traffic <laughs> lights, for stoplights that turn yeah. yellow and green at a four way. No, it says traffic signal. Insane. So, red, yellow, green. That's yeah. insane. And then another one. Um, they're inserting a tr- a turning lane at an elementary school. That's going to cost five hundred thousand dollars. A turning lane at an elementary school. Y'all are getting ripped off. And then there's wow. this one section of road construction that's literally in East Jesus nowhere. It's in Point McKenzie, which if you live in the area, you know that's literally East Jesus nowhere. Um, <laughs> it's seven miles of road reconstruction, $8 million for seven miles of that road out in the middle of nowhere. $8 million. <laughs> it's a lot of money. People get ripped. Yeah. And most of these items are pathways. So a sidewalk or a pathway. Um, and each of these pathways are costing millions of dollars each. So there's definitely a lot of digging that needs to be going on here because it doesn't make sense. Like, does it really cost $1.5 million to insert a traffic signal? Is there not like a, I don't know, a cheaper way to do this? Like, I don't know, people coming together and reaching out to a private business and doing it themselves? And saving lots of money. Crazy. But my roads. My roads. So I just thought that was interesting. And I wanted to point it out. Like these projects and the way they were labeled. And it's like, wow, it costs millions of dollars to do seven miles of road construction out in the middle of nowhere. Why are we doing this? So there's other things on the ballot too. So school board district one and four, um, an interesting one, assembly district three, we have a libertarian running for that. So we have a libertarian running. His name is Ferdinand J or FJ Kruger. And this is a three-year term. So for those uh, wondering, there's a libertarian on this ballot. And then there's also assembly district six and seven. So that is what is on the ballot for next week tuesday if you are in the area so go out and vote for nice. folks so uh moving on to the next subject uh orange shirt day so that was yesterday and i had posted about it everywhere i actually went on to matt wright's show and i talked more about it um so it's in remembrance of children that suffered and died in residential schools. I went a lot more into details about this tragedy on Matt Wright's show. That was like two hours of going into details of what all went on. The details are, um, they're horrific. They're awful. They're like, people know it's bad, but you don't know how bad it is until you watch you know, the details that I, I'm not going to go through all the details right now because that is, it's awful. And we're talking about children here. And um, this started during the Monroe administration, at least here in America. This also went on in Canada as well. Um, 
but in 1819, it started out as a benevolent provision. That's the word that they use, benevolent provision. And within five years, they started doing this by force, taking Native American children and forcing them into schools. And it took 150 years for it to become optional. So that was 150 years of the government coming in, taking the children and forcing them into these indoctrination schools Meanwhile, parents were beaten and arrested if they didn't just comply in letting the government steal their kids from them. And the conditions were awful to the point where Native children were six and a half times more likely to die than any other ethnic group. And this is according to the Merriam Report of 1928. So tens if not hundreds of thousands of Native children were affected by this. And again, this is a low estimate. It could be upwards of 200,000 children affected by these residential schools. And many thousands of children died at these schools and they were improperly buried. It's just an, a heart-wrenching story. And so why do we wear orange? Why is it Orange Shirt Day? There's this one by woman by the name of Phyllis Webstad, and she told her story in 2013 um, about her experience being forced to attend a residential school. She attended St. Joseph's Mission School in Williams Lake, British Columbia in the 70s, um, 1970s. A lot of our viewers were alive during that time. That's how recent this was. First day of school, her new orange shirt was stripped away from her. This was a gift that was given to her by her grandma and she never saw that orange shirt again and said she was given uniforms, like a school uniform. And it's symbolic that her identity was stripped away. And every time she sees the color orange, it reminds her of that day where her identity was literally stripped. She wasn't allowed to say, like speak her native language, cultural practices, regalia, what have you. And this gift from her grandma, she never got to see again. It was this orange shirt. So. We have Orange Shirt Day, and this occurs early in fall um, because that's when kids are starting to go back to school. It's signifying, you know, going to school. Um, this year is September 30th, and you wear an orange shirt in observance of this tragedy. And it's supposed to remind you of, you know, like it's a remembrance day, like hashtag never forget. But here it's every child matters, you know, hashtag every child matters. And so, I went into detail about that with Matt, but I wanted to let other folks know about this day and why I was telling folks, hey, wear orange. You know, it's not a it's not a holiday, it's a day of observance and remembrance of what happened and something that I feel very deeply about and very passionate about. So just wanted to go over that really quick. Um also equally uh depressing so happening this week in alaska we're having a virtual um mmiw 5k and so pretty much at your own time during this week um you can go live you can just post photos or whatnot people register to do their own 5k in remembrance of mmiw so what is that MMIW stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. This demographic is disproportionately affected and substantially underreported when it comes to these awful crimes of being murdered, assaulted, kidnapped, human trafficked, the worst crimes. They are victim to these heinous crimes disproportionately more than any other demographic. And so According to the National Crime Information Center, it was reported in 2016, 5,712 reports of missing indigenous women and girls through the US Department um, of Justice Federal Missing Person Database. So over 5,000, almost 6,000 reported women and girls. Only 116 of those cases were actually logged. Wow. 5,700 missing Indigenous women and girls in the U.S. Department of Justice only logged 116 of those cases. 
So this is what I mean is disproportionately affected like this demographic, my demographic, but substantially underreported. It's so bad that murder is the third leading cause of death for Native women. I'm a Native woman. Murder is the third leading cause. And the murder rate of women living on reservations is 10 times higher than the national average. 10 times higher. And over two-thirds of those offenses, it was someone of a different race that murdered that woman. So I kind of wanted to put a personal touch on this as well and why I'm passionate about this cause. Two years ago, um, a distant cousin of mine was actually murdered in Anchorage and her name was Kathleen Henry. She was videotaped for three days as her killer tortured her in a hotel room. I don't know how no one heard her, but she was videotaped for three days as she was tortured. Later they found what was left of her remains dumped on the side of the Seward Highway, very busy highway, I must add, possibly the most busy highway in the state of Alaska. She was found October 2nd, 2019. So tomorrow will be two years since this happened. However, due to forensics it's, and also looking at the videotapes, it's believed that she officially passed away around September 4th. So this is a whole month after she had passed away. Her remains were dumped on the side of the most busy highway in the state of Alaska. And that was not the only Indigenous woman that this individual killed either. He actually admitted to killing one other by the name of Veronica um, Abouchuk. However, so my mom told me about this before I read about it in the news. However, not all of my family found out through phone calls or text messages or from people they care and love. A lot of people did find out through the media. However, the media focused on my cousin's misdemeanors and mental health. She, she did have mental health issues to sort out and she did have misdemeanors. But the way that they talked about it, they made it sound like she deserved this. And to make matters even worse, these stories talked about the killer and how this killer had such a hard life and he was an immigrant trying to make his way in the world. Even though he videotaped and tortured my cousin for days and dumped her on the side of the highway, that is how the media reported it. And in fact, Many of my relatives wrote to the media saying, how dare you? And they tried changing the wording a little bit and then altogether just took down these posts, these stories, because it, I wish I had screenshots to show folks just the bias that they put out to people. Like, yeah, she was tortured and killed and thrown on the side of the highway, but she had mental issues and she had, a, you know, misdemeanors when she was younger. She was 30 years old. And there's also another woman I wanted to talk about who I am not related to this woman, but I still think it's important to talk about. Four years ago, there was an air traffic controller that kidnapped a woman, assaulted her, then masturbated onto her unconscious body and left. So this man is named Justin Schneider, and he offered this woman in court documents, she's referred to as LK, and she would prefer to say private. So she's referred to as LK, her initials. So she, Justin Schneider offered LK a ride from the gas station. This is the middle of downtown Anchorage, 
broad daylight out in public. Um, she didn't know this guy, but accepted the offer. She told him where she wanted to go, but he drove her somewhere else and then demanded her to get out of the car. He assaulted her, choked her until she lost consciousness, and then masturbated onto her unconscious body. When LK woke up, he explained to her that the only way he could get off is if LK believed she was about to die. And in court, LK said she thought she was going to die. Then Schneider drove off and left her stranded, but LK reported the plate number of Schneider's car and reported this to the, to the police, and that's how they were able to track him down. To make matters worse, so Schneider was charged with four felonies, including kidnapping and assault. He pleaded guilty to a single felony assault charge in the second degree in exchange for a sentence of two years with one year suspended plus three years probation. He received credit for the time served those two years while wearing an ankle monitor and living with his wife and two children. He didn't see a day behind bars. And the judge told Schneider, this can never happen again. This man kidnapped a woman, broad daylight, in public, assaulted her, sexually violated her body while she was unconscious and drove off. And he didn't see a day behind bars. And the judge said, this can never happen again. Motherfucker, that's why we have a justice system. He served time while at home in his cozy little home with his wife and kids with the ankle monitor and the judge thought that was sufficient enough. Two years. I wanted to mention these stories to show what has aided in creating this crisis, this missing and murdered indigenous women crisis. The media is victim blaming these women as if they deserve this. And the sentencing of the criminals is practically non-existent. There's no incentive to not do this because you won't be charged. And these are just examples. It happens again and again, and I'm sick of seeing it on the media. Constantly, these individuals are assaulting Native women, murdering them, sexually assaulting them, and nothing is being done. So. I'm working on letting folks know about this. And part of it is tomorrow I will be participating in the MMIW 5K, the virtual 5K that Alaska is being, you know, the Alaska chapter is putting on. I'll be walking a 5K route wearing red. Red is the color that you see with this movement. Um, oftentimes you see a red handprint that is covering, you know, a woman's face signifying these women that weren't able to have a voice. And a lot of Native cultures think that red is a color that can be seen both in our world and the spirit world. Um, and so I encourage those that would like to join me to wear red, wear lots of red in remembrance of these women and many others. And I'll be sure to go live and invite others to join me and It'll be tomorrow at 10 a.m. in Palmer. Um, I'll put the event link in the comment section with more details. But it's not a solution. I could bring as much awareness, awareness of this as I can, but it's not a solution to what's going on because this is this is the pandemic I worry about. 
as a woman who is part of this demographic that is part of this statistic, it's, this is what I'm passionate about and why I do what I do. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about it. It's, wow, I've had two rough days with bloodied waters. So um, when you go live tomorrow, is that going to be on your Eskimo Libertarian page? Yeah, it'll be on my Facebook page on the Eskimo Libertarian. We'll be starting the walk at 10 a.m. I might not start right away then. Um, we'll see who all uh, is showing up. I know there's lots of folks that have reached out to me saying that they are going to do their own 5K because they aren't close to me. You know, they're either in a different state or a different part of the state, but they will be holding their own 5K and have registered. And I'm really glad I was able to let folks know about this and bring awareness to it. And I, I hope more people know about this because I, I have mentioned MMIW and people are like, what is that? And I, I do oh, what I, I can to educate today. folks. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's the real pandemic I worry about. And the mask I would prefer to wear is a red handprint on my face to let folks know about this. So, so when you when you say 10 a.m., you mean uh, Alaska time, so that'd be what, 3 Eastern? Yes, that's correct. But this uh, event is like a week long, actually extends all the way to Monday. So you can register and do it at a different time at your own convenience, even in your own state. You don't have to be in Alaska. You don't have to be here at this time. Just uh, and you don't have to walk. You can run, bike, anything. But registering with this event, saying who you're doing this for and bringing more awareness and letting folks know about this. It's something. It's something. You might have to do the next, uh, the sponsors, but yeah, I just, two rough days of muddied waters this week. Very, very tough, very taxing, very heartfelt and personal, personal experience and personal story. And so tomorrow and then, you know, every year, plus all the time, Orange Shirt Day, do the thing. It's an easy thing to do. We can all participate and support. Very easy. Do everything within your power. I'm sure there's organizations that we can find that we could donate to for shelters and anything like that. You guys are much better at the internet than me. Look it up. I'm sure there's somewhere we can donate to donate socks. I know socks are a big deal for homeless shelters. You know, there's a cause for this. Go find it. Go help out. Somebody else who's helping out in a real way. Jonathan reels. He is going to be a real candidate <clears throat> last i checked he's very close to getting the goal and then we're just going to move on beyond the semantics and uh logistics of what's going to take for him to win the senate seat or congress seat sorry congressional seat house of representatives in alabama second district if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure i'm right for a seat in the u.s house of representatives he will become a candidate when he raises or spends more than five grand in contributions. The graphic is outdated, but folks, if you want a real candidate, Jonathan Reels is the real deal and the real candidate. Vote for him, second district of Alabama, whom I hate in sports. Everything I else see is that. Fine. I can see that. I'm okay with everything else. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Plug the other Muddy Waters media show. Cajun and Eskimo show from Buyers Igloo. Oh, that was a short plug. All right. 
Moving on. I'm just kidding. Uh, Monday, we'll have Jason Lyon, the, uh, Mr. America, who thinks he's the beard of truth. On Tuesdays, you'll have the Muddy Waters of Freedom with Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. All of these, or I think, uh, Monday night is 7 Eastern. Tuesday night is 7 Eastern. Wednesday night with my fellow Americans, Spike Cohen. I think that's 7 Eastern. Thursday night is 7 Eastern with Matt Wright, Riders Box. So, yeah, I never even had to say seven eastern but one time you can catch us all and then of course cajun and eskimo show from bayou's to igloo because we are the best and special unique pair on muddy waters media we're at 8 30 central time i think there's a round table talk on monday this monday yeah pretty sure oh so jason will probably be on that then but I will be live on the Cajun Libertarian Live on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Central. Same as 8.30 Wednesday night, Cajun Libertarian Live, 8.30 p.m. Central. Eskimo, are you doing anything Thursday night? No. Eskimo, chilling at all the time Thursday night. Off of Muddy Waters Media. Actually. <laughs> actually. Maybe I'll just tease you folks. There is there you go. a big announcement coming with Muddy Waters Media. Big announcement. Cajun, you know about this, but so you can't say. But I wasn't gonna. <laughs> so with Muddy Waters Media, there is actually an individual who will be Eskimos pers- pregnant. Oh my god, don't say that. I am just give it to the god. No. It was a joke. I have no idea what's going on in that department. Believe me. <laughs> it was a total oh, joke. <laughs> I can't. Okay. No. I am your co-host. Oh my god. This is why we're to monetize all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> So there's actually a very big announcement with Muddy Waters Media. I believe all members know about it now that someone is running for a assistant vice executive position. And that is all I will say. Mm-hmm. Very big announcement with Muddy Waters Media. It's exciting. <laughs> so I mean, that m- could possibly be released Thursday. I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to see. Hmm. I think I feel like it's all over Facebook. Do you think so? No. I don't know. Maybe. No, I'll just get I'll Maybe get the so. rumor going though folks that there is a big announcement from Muddy you know Waters what else Media. Is a big announcement? What? Uh, that was the wrong segue for that. That's fine. Oh god. Time for 52.com this TOMFO452.com. The Tom for 52.com anchor wheel in moment where we and us. Why is this so hard? <laughs> Just it's not mirrored for us, folks. It's so we gotta like left is right and go. right is left. Oh god, this is, why is this so difficult? <laughs> Tom for 52.com anchor wheel in moments where we wheel in your anchor moment calls like Thomas Daniel Queter is going to wheel into New York State Senate. Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R. 52.com beard superiority from Joel Gitz. I imagine that he will be embarrassing himself right here. And nothing's happening. Right, bro. Give me one second. Something is happening. 
It should just. Okay, I'm just gonna say this to be clear. Look, I'm just going to say this to be clear uh, once and for all. Cajun Libertarian doesn't have a good beard. Um, I don't know Jason very well, but uh, I could... I'm going to stop you right there, Joel. You're wrong. Those are fighting words. Violate the nap right there. Joel is just mad because he can only grow chin hair. But he grew his chin hair very long. And so he's very proud of that scraggly chin hair that he has grown very long but he can't is that why grow. he wears a top hat oh you said it on <laughs> me look i'm just gonna say this to be clear uh once and for all cajun libertarian doesn't have a good beard um i don't know jason very well but uh I can tell you Cajun doesn't have a, a very good beard, and uh, I have the best beard in the Libertarian Party, and uh, you can uh, you can help me prove that by going to G-E-T-Z, the number four mayor, dot com. Uh, also, Tom for 52.com. Uh, Cajun, your beard is garbage. Thanks. Bye. Joe gets for mayor whatever East Stroudsburg needs. Joe gets. Tom for 52.com. That's T-A-W-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. Joel, your beard is trash. I still love you, and you love me. And that's all that matters. Oh, something I forgot to add in the notes. October is Seafood Month. National Seafood Month is October. Join the right. Seafood Caucus, folks. Uh, the seafood industry is taking a big hit with the uh, with what I talked about earlier. I did not get into all that because it would have gone very lengthy. It's something I probably should have done on my show to follow it with, and I will. But yes, seafood industry is taking a an absolute full frontal kick to the face mouth right now. It's actually a hot so, issue in Alaska right now with our own issues, and maybe I can add that in the next show. Alaskan specific. Seafood issues, statistics. Yeah, statistics and seafood and seafood. Fantastic. And notes. So tune in, folks, and maybe uh, that big, big announcement will be uh, announced by then, and we can talk about that. That should be fun. Well, someone is running <laughs> for a vice assistant executive position from muddied waters oh, it those be? oh it's just a rumor and i'm spreading it and i'm not gonna kenny johnson just said maybe eskimo has the best beard yeah he did say that i can see it it's right there he said that kenny wait you have the receipts man <laughs> the receipts. so <laughs> Great show. Good Phenomenal job. segment, Eskimo. Thank you. Incredible. You Anything that you want to sign off with? Uh, join me tomorrow for that 5K. It's at 10 a.m. Alaska time. Uh, if you can't, uh, be sure to tune in. I will be going live on my page. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Nice. Well, tune in Monday night for Jason Lyon, Mr. America, who wishes he was the bearded truth at 7 Eastern. And then, of course, not Mighty Waters, just me. The Cajun Libertarian Live on 830 with the Just a Thought solo segment. And then we will see you again on Friday where we join you with us and have fun as we do every Friday night. This is the Cajun Eskimo Show. Uh, advocating for a freer world. <laughs> <laughs> From bayous to igloos, I knew it would work. I'm sorry. <laughs> two igloos. Yeah, two igloos. No, two igloos, not double igloos. Large igloos? Igloos. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Igloos. Okay. All right. Bye, Bye folks. Oh,